0: Another week, another Apple launch. Welcome to the sixth episode of the MacBytes podcast. I'm Mike Thomas. And I'm Elaine Giles.
1: And I'm Mike Burke.
0: This is the episode you've all been waiting for. Mike B's finally got his iPhone. And in this episode, you can hear about his first week with the device. We've also got some cool tips and tricks from our listeners to share with you. But before we talk about the iPhone, we'd like to say a big thank you to all our subscribers and listeners. You guys have done us proud. Thanks to you and your support, after just five episodes, we hit our bandwidth limits last weekend, so we changed to a new hosting company. We now have unlimited bandwidth, so feel free to tell your friends, tell your family, tell your colleagues, and let's go download crazy. If you currently subscribe through iTunes, you may have noticed a duplication of the episodes in the listing. This is one of the effects of changing hosts. However, don't worry. From this point on, there'll be no duplication. So without further ado, let's go back to the launch of the iPhone, or should that be iPhone, iPhone, iPhone. What's your names? Uh, well, my name's Aries. Okay, and you're? I'm uh, Jeff. Justin. Right, well, I'm here with three guys at the Shafford Centre. It's 25 past four. How long have you been here? Um, it's sadly enough since this morning, since it's open doors this morning. Ten eight, o'clock, eight thirty. Eight thirty? Yeah. <laughs> Did they open specially for you? I think yeah. they, they must have done, yeah. <laughs> we were hassling them anyway We, we snuck in, we found the door that was open and snuck in. <laughs> so you're here with your chairs and your, your seats and your stools. Yeah. Your cookies. Yeah. Sleeping bags? Uh, we've got them in the car just <laughs> in case we were gonna sleep over, but they wouldn't allow us to, so it's a travel lodge over the way. Where have you come from? Uh, We've come from North Wales, just outside of Rill. Right, okay. This is probably near a store, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you're looking forward to going in, buying? Absolutely, I can't wait. I
1: mean, it's something I've been looking forward to all year, you know, absolutely. Before it was even announced in America, WWDC, we knew it was coming, um, so I've been looking forward to it for a long time.
0: Good, good. Okay, thanks for that. (laughs) Cheers. Although the three of us were at the Trafford Centre for the launch, only Mike B was buying a phone, and earlier this week I caught up with him. So, Mike, um, let's start at the beginning. You uh, obviously were first out of the store. How did that feel?
1: <laughs> first out. I mean, I was only sixth in. I mean, but uh, so I wasn't as keen as uh, some of them queuing up from eight o'clock in the morning. But yeah, the excitement and the euphoria. I had to. I come running out of the phone, of the store first, with a uh, you know clutching the new phone and. Forgetting to the fact that I did plan to you know check out the accessories available and uh, you know in a case and headphones and things, and I just came running out the store with a big massive i mean has anybody seen such a big smile on my face uh
0: well, you can see the pictures there on the website
1: <laughs> that's it. I don't think anyone's seen me so you know I was like a little little kid at Christmas really wasn't I let's be honest <laughs> it was
0: yes you you definitely were it was it
1: was. Well, I, I needed to go, and you know, I don't know. Uh, I suppose being there, it was, it was an occasion, and uh, and you know, <laughs> there was a long build up to it. I mean, I got there about half past eleven in the morning, so there certainly was a long build up to it. Um, but you know, I'm surprised <laughs> I had the energy left to come running out like I did. I've been stood on my feet all day, but uh, no. So you obviously seen the smile on my face, and uh, and loads of people did so. It, I was uh, thrilled to bit uh, that we finally got the thing in my hand and of course I didn't really want to hang about too long, I had to get home and uh, get it activated and that's you know obviously where we we'll start off, I mean I was curious uh, as to how, like, how smooth and you know a process that was going to be and uh, it went uh, it went pretty good to be honest with you, I mean the thing is with the activation, I was worried about. You know, I thought, well, if that's going to, you know, you, you're buying the phone, they won't let you activate it in store, and you're buying the phone, and I was then having to take it home to activate it. I thought, no my look, you know, something's going to, you know, you got to go all the way back or something's not working. But no, it went smoothly. I was, you know, it was a fingers crossed job, and it went went great. You plugged it into the Mac, and straight away the prompts came up. Uh, let's get a, you know, go and activate it. I was. Com- Upgrading my existing O2 account—I've been an O2 user for years—and uh, so I was porting my existing O2 number to to the iPhone as well. And and again, I thought, well, knowing my luck, if there's something's going to go wrong, that'll get messed up. But it did say on the prompts and. Uh, I've saved a couple of screenshots and it's worthwhile. Maybe if I just rub out my phone numbers and things, my personal information. I'll maybe put a picture up of the screenshots. It did say that uh, it was going to take up to five business days for uh, to port my number across, and they issued you with it.
2: And how did you cope with the unmitigated sobbing?
1: <laughs> well, they, well, they said that, you know they issue you with a temporary number as well. You know, so you could said well, don't worry. We said we'll issue you with a temporary number, so you can still use your iPhone while you're waiting. I mean this was on a Friday night I activated it and by Saturday evening my number had ported across my old phone I kept my old phone with me I was actually carrying two phones around with me all day Saturday so my old phone still had uh, you know an active SIM card and later
2: Don't I recall you saying something about people who carry two phones around with them? <laughs> two, two phone mic
1: I, 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 uh, I was by phone and uh so yeah, it wasn't just iPhone; it was BiPhone. phone. And uh, but yeah, later on in the evening, on Saturday evening, the me, me old phone uh, bleeped and said that the sim had gone inactive, and that was me indication that it, you know my number had ported across. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the activation process was went great. Of course, then the next thing you want to do is uh, synchronize some uh, some of your media to it—some of your your music, your photos, and your and a bit of video—and just give it a run it, put it through its paces, and. It is easy to use. I mean, using iTunes, everybody knows iTunes is an easy piece of software to use. It is user-friendly. What I like about this is when you're syncing up, the, I mean, I can have, you know, my iPod. I can have, uh, you know, Milan's iPod. I can have my iPhone all plugged into iTunes, and they all list separately in devices, and you can manage them all independently. Now, I did have a concern about only having 8 gigabytes of storage. Would I be able to cope with just that? And, yeah, you see... In recent times with my old iPod, I've got an old 30 gig one, in recent recent times I've been managing that more regularly and changing and updating the, informi- the you know, the data on it. Usually, be- It's usually because I mainly use it for podcasts. And as you know, I'm pretty much apart from me talking on one. I'm also addicted to listening to them more and more so. Uh, so my iPods are full of podcasts, video podcasts and audio podcasts. So... Because of that, I'm always wanting to get the new podcast, you know, and I'm always refreshing the information that's on the iPhone, and therefore I'm happy to take the check boxes out, and, you know, and, and and only I mean, the, what iTunes lets you do is just say just sync the unplayed versions, uh, and it's handy then in that respect. So it automatically removes stuff that you don't want now, that you don't need now, and, and it is see, with a couple of check boxes, you, you're easily managing it. So and certainly. I'm, the eight gig, I'm not. I'm not frightened of uh, of that causing me a problem, and even uh, to the extent that it's even putting some video stuff on there, I've had a go at uh, ripping a, a DVD uh, of mine uh, to see what kind of a video file it would get on there, and how how big it would be, and when it to put it into sort of a suitable format. Of course, there's applications like Visual Hub that you need, uh, Handbrake, uh, and other applications for extracting it and converting it to a suitable format but a lot of these modern a lot of these applications now have all been tweaked recently and had little updates to give them like presets suitable for the iPhone uh, and airPod touch obviously the same kind of device and so they, they make it easy for you as well in that respect so these third-party developers like people that do visual hub and the people who do handbrake and things uh, they even make that easy for you and it's so it's <laughs> the, the transition into moving it, you know, into a new device like this is such a you know a, a powerful bit of kit, but the, you're surrounded by bits of software that that help you anyway. You know, from iTunes and even to the like, you know these little bits, other bits of software for helping you manage your media. So that worked out great. Uh, I'm
0: just going back to the eight um, eight gig issue. Um, I'm used to a 60 gig video iPod. So when the phones were first announced, as exciting as it was, my first thought was, I couldn't put everything in eight gig. But uh, as you say, you 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 get used to it, to so you you condense down and just put on what you want. But then, we all know what I fell in love with, don't we, at the uh, Apple Store? So you,
1: you're going to get the 16 gig one, though, aren't you? <laughs> I was looking at the. Yeah, touch. so you're going to get the 16 gig one, though. <laughs>
2: Miley's it was
0: another sale. one of those love at first sight
1: things, wasn't it? It was just like Mike and the ice. Well, I mean, well, I mean, my little lad said to me that straight away that Am I going to automatically, you know, put me thirty gig iPod on eBay? You know, he says, "Well, I bet you're going to sell your 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 old uh, iPod now." And to be honest with you, for now, I thought, well, no, it can be handy to to keep something like that if I do go away sometime. You know, if I go away, uh, you know, on a family trip or whatever. That could be handy, obviously, to carry more data with you, more music with you. I've got some suitable little portable speakers, so you know. In all honesty, now I don't think I'm going to put my old 30 gig iPod on eBay, uh, you know, and offload it because it could be useful. But I have my, one of the points, reasons for getting in the iPhone is I can not just carry one device around now. And for the amount of commuting I do and travelling to work and things like that, when I do actually listen to my iPod, uh, you know, during the daytimes then there is no real reason for me to carry a whole 30 gig or even more, you know, music library around with me. Uh, so, yeah, it is a case of I have got enough storage with me. Uh, so the 8 gig issue is, is, is not causing me a problem now. I'm not using it as, you know, to, you know, with the intentions of carrying my whole media library with me. I'm refreshing it regular. Because it, also, I mean, when you bear in mind it is a phone as well I mean when you're using the other phone functions and the other uh, Wi-Fi functions you know and the you know the internet function functionality the, 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 it's because it's a convergence device and you're using lots of other functions let's be honest you're going to want to charge it uh, more so than what I was doing with my iPod my iPod was getting used a little bits of times during the day for commuting and I, I wasn't having to charge it every day that, and that's another issue with the, the, the battery on the iPhone. I'm not suggesting for a minute that I'm disappointed with the battery. I think the battery performance has been great because what I do and I am impressed about is it's the way it manages its power, uh, the way it goes into sleep and switches off the Wi-Fi and things like that. So, no, I mean, I'm not suggesting for a minute that I'm disappointed with that. But because I'm using it a lot for other d- functionality, then, yeah, I'm always going to be refreshing it. I'm always going to sit in its dock to charge it. Another thing I will say about synchronizing, it seems to be easier to use than the than my iPod. And I've, the way the iPod syncs is, you, you know, as you all know, you, you once you put it in, it says uh, you got the Do Not Disconnect logo comes up on your uh, iPod, doesn't it? When that's there, it's not good practice, obviously, to just unplug it. You, it's almost best practice to actually eject it from the from you know, from your from your computer Uh, you've either clicking on the eject button in your iTunes or right clicking on it you know with this one because it's not mounted as a as a storage drive you know like with with your iPod you can use it for storage can't you as well and uh, Mm. to drag files over to it Uh, well because the iPhone you can't do that because of the way that they've uh, in a sense slightly restricted it Uh, it's not mounted as a a drive so when it does synchronise is what I'm really impressed with it's I've just, earlier on, before we started recording, I sat it in its dark to uh, refresh the podcasts that I've downloaded uh, and a new album I've just put on. And it synchronises, copies the data over that it needs to, tidies that up, and then automatically unmounts itself and it, you know when you get the uh, message at the top where it, you know in your iTunes window at the top where it tells you that it's copying the data across and synchronising, please wait and all that thing. Well, as soon as it's finished, it just says it's now synchronising complete. Okay to disconnect. And you look at your iPhone display, and your iPhone display comes back onto the normal iPhone display. You know with all the icons on the on you know, the home screen as they call it. It automatically unmounts itself in a sense, although it's still there in your iTunes. You can still refresh it and you know and sync it again if you need to if you've just downloaded something else uh, into your iTunes so- uh, library but it soft unmounts it and so again so you can then just grab it out the dock uh, without having to manually go and clicking on the eject buttons and that's obviously you know because it's not mounted as a storage drive so it's that's dead slick and dead smooth operation so synchronising that I've also another thing big thing to synchronise is my contacts my address book and I'm, I'm a Dot .Mac subscriber so my address book was synchronised across my two Macs as well uh, you know my MacBook Pro and my iMac and synchronised up Dot .Mac and you know it, it's, it's encouraged me to have a good tidy up as well some of the, the old contacts in there that you know are no longer relevant and things uh, you know it's, there was a couple of issues in which I think people have had anyway with Dot Sync, where we keep getting uh, synchronization kind of slight conflicts. And I, what I was finding with even before I started using the iPhone, I was finding I don't know whether other people have had this, that me me Dot Mac Sync functionality we kept duplicating things in my in my address book. And so I started off with you know John Smith. Well, I ended up with two John Smiths, and and I had that a few times anyway. I've tidied things up now, and to be honest with you, it's settled down. Uh, I'm not getting the, the issues with duplicates at the moment, so maybe you know Apple have been uh, fixing things at their end um, with with Mac, because I believe like i say there has been a few issues uh, that people have reported. But uh, no, so that seems to have settled down. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so on my contacts folder, uh, my contacts and my address book uh, functionality is, is working great, and it, it is it's it's great using the iPhone with the contacts, I like the fact that you know it's it's user-friendly, it's more it's more user-friendly and more intuitive how you can add more uh, details for one particular contact so for you know for you for example I could have your mobile number your home number, your email address, your home address and everything all in that one little address card and it is more intuitive and more user-friendly than the actual address book screen to be honest with you, it's easier to actually edit it and perform the task of putting extra details in I find it's easier to do it on the phone uh, so I, I love the you know, the the screen the, the phone's implementation of that screen to be honest with you uh, flicking through that, it, I found it was more intuitive, you know you, easily to pick up and go Another, yes, I mean that's another thing with, with the Apple products these days, you know like you, David Pogue writes the missing manuals well let's be honest, these items are so intuitive that you don't need a manual do you uh, the In the box it comes with a very small leaflet uh with what they call fingertips, and it is just a few tips to get you started uh how to you know navigate around the phone and find certain functionality and things but it is we've used the phone before you 've used an iPod before, and it's dead dead intuitive uh, so i you mean, know I was dead impressed with that uh moving on, on
0: moving on you're talking about um the calls. What's the quality like of the sound?
1: Well, no one's mentioned anything to me, you know, the person I've been speaking to. Uh, as you know, I said that the sound's different than, you know, no one's made a point of saying you sound different or the sound's bad or good. I think everybody's kind of used to, it's a mobile phone type thing. So yeah. I, no one's mentioned that. And, and I've not, I've certainly not experienced any difference in using it when I'm holding it to me ear, you know, as, as what I would with my old phone. So no, I I believe it's working just as I'm used to with the phone. So I've not noticed any anything good or bad about that. No no improvement or you know or loss or deterioration certainly not. Oh, well one thing I will say that works quite well though is the little speaker that's built into it for hands-free use. Uh, I found that the speaker works quite well. To be honest with you, so uh, that's uh, the sound comes out of that quite well. So that's uh, you know a, a nice little bonus. Uh, but no, so the call quality—I've not uh, had any bad experience with it.
0: That's good. Obviously, one of the big differences between this and a normal phone is the keyboard, and
1: hasn't got one. I presume
0: <laughs> it hasn't got one. I presume it makes it easier to send text and to, to type emails.
1: Uh, I love the text the functionality, um, and the SMS screen. And the way it there's nothing it's the best implementation of SMS texting I've ever seen, on any device I've ever used, because I love the fact that your continuation of the conversation it it's like I mean you've possibly seen the videos on on Apple's website and things, it it's just like an iChat window where you've got the little speech bubbles, but there's nothing better than being able to see the continuation of that text uh, conversation that's gone on. And it might have gone on over a period of of time, but you can uh, quickly see, uh, you know, all, all in that one screen, you can immediately see uh, all of what's been said, um, you know, and by whom. And but now typing on the keyboard, I was, I was, I couldn't believe how quick I got, I got the hang of it. I really couldn't believe how. I thought it was going to be a bit fiddly at first, and I was really, really impressed with that. T- totally amazed by it, how they've designed that, and. Uh, You've just. All I can say is, if you're going to have a go when you when you do yourself have a go with an iPod Touch, you you just you've just got to be, in a sense, you've got to be confident with it. You've got to be confident in it and in in yourself and believe in 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 the software and what you know what it can do. Because I just started typing away with my finger. I've got myself a little knack where I I tend to hold the phone. The only buttons that I found awkward to hit were the OMP. The top right hand side of the keyboard. So for ten to now, I've got this like little knack of If you just hold the phone slightly off centre, to the right of you, whereas normally when you're looking at the phone and you've got the phone in your hand, you're holding it. I'm I'm holding the phone in my left hand and I'm holding it in a sense in line with my face. You know, in the in the centre of my body. But I've got this little, and, and I found that I was getting the O and the P mixed, and you know, it wasn't quite always oh, hitting the the P or the O. You know, and this the error correction software was, was brilliant. And, you know, hopefully you've, you've seen that and had a go at that when you've seen the iPod Touch. That That's incredible how, how accurate that can be. So, yeah, if you can have confidence in that, if you've just pressed the space bar and, and let the error correction software do the job. But no, so I've got into the little knack now where I hold, I hold it slightly to the right of me and, uh, you know, not just just slightly off-centre. And I'm hitting the OMP more accurately now. And it's just the way you position my hand. But I've now... I uh, had a go of typing with two fingers. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, I, I could do it now. I mean, someone has suggested that you'll get confidence and do it with two thumbs, and I've not been able to do that yet. But if I put the, the, the device flat on the desk, I can sit there and type with my two forefingers. <laughs> I couldn't believe how fast I was going. How is that so. You could be quite expressive with two fingers. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm better now at typing on that than I'm on my normal computer keyboard. <laughs> it's because I don't know. Maybe I was like I'm concentrating more, but I, I'm amazed that you don't find I you know how much I don't find myself miss hitting the keys. I miss hitting the keys more on my MacBook Pro. It is it's absolutely brilliant keyboard. It's you, you have to get used to. Switching between the you know where the symbols are and things like that, but it's got a couple of really, really useful shortcuts in it. Uh, you know, like like double tapping the space bar puts a full stop and, and then puts the next following space for you know for you to start the word, and then it'll auto shift and uh, you know put your uh, auto capitalize the start of your next word. You know, they thought of you know all the, the stuff like that. No, so it's the keyboard, absolutely incredible. I could not. i you know. Texting was a right pain. And I used to always, I was, you know, you see little kids, don't you? You do. You've seen a little kids, you know, my little son's the same. They're amazing how fast they can type on those little phone keyboards. I could never do that. So I, I hated texting. I never did texting. But now it's actually, it is useful. It really, really is useful. And, you know, the keyboard. And that's when we went on to, the, you know, the email. Now, of course, I'm using, it's real email. It's real, real email. I've, I've had to go use an email on a mobile phone before. It's rubbish. It's naff. It's just basic text. And uh, again, with the horrible, horrible keyboard to try and type on. This is real email. And I'm managing now. I've got like several email accounts. Uh, some, A couple of them are IMAP. And a couple of them are POP. And the iPhone's managing perfectly well with them. And... And it's great, the implementation of it. I've got all four accounts d uh, separately and I can just click on them individually and it opens the inbox and, you know, the relevant uh, folders, for you know, for that account. Uh, and it's dead easy how I can switch between them. Uh, and it's auto you know, I can set it to auto-check for new emails how often you want. I have actually got one of those Yahoo accounts which is, supports push email. And... To be honest with you, that Yahoo account is one that I don't use. So I have, I've tested it. It seems to work. It seems to send me the email. But then again, I suppose i need to test it a few times, really, to prove whether they're pushing it to me or whether my iPhone's automatically checking and grabbing them. But uh, so that's all, all my accounts. I've got Gmail working on it okay, my Yahoo mail working on it okay, and I've got my own personal IMAP account and my .Mac account working great, uh, You know, which obviously is IMAP as well. And the implementation of it is absolutely beautiful, to the extent that there's one uh, another thing we'll have to talk about is, is, is you know some of the other features of the phone, but just to actually send an attachment to someone as well, and, and a prime example would be I took a photograph with it. I thought I'd have to test this camera, took a photograph, and then you just uh, select one of the options for the for the photograph, and one of the options is to email to to a contact. You know, so you, you click that option. Uh, and it brings up a new email message with your your default mail accounts you can set one of you one of those several accounts that i've got i set that one of them as being my default one and it automatically opens that starts a new window and the way it swishes and swooshes the i don't know how else to describe it the uh the photograph onto the and sticks it on top of the you know and, and into the message body it's you know there's some like i mean people talk about macOS 10 and the core animation features and things like that I've got this going on in the phone. <laughs> it's a it's a handheld device and it's using like, you know, this beautifully animated uh implementation of Attach, you know, a photo to an to an email, and then you can see the photo. And then it's, I mean, you, Elaine, you sent me a, a, an email that had, uh, a, you know, a screen dump attached to it when, uh, you know, of of something you you were sending me off the internet. And I opened that email on my iPhone, and I could see the screen dump that you put there perfectly, and it was there. anyway it's this is real, real email on your phone. And so uh, the implementation of the email, I think, is fantastic, absolutely brilliant.
0: Talking of. Talking
1: of photos, what's the camera like? I couldn't... have to stop for a drink then. So I couldn't believe uh, the camera... I, I'm into photography as a hobby, not professionally, but I, I have got a half-decent SLR camera and I've got an, a pretty decent little compact digital as well. And I've always had the opinion that mobile phone cameras have always been a complete letdown. They've always been, the sensor's been too small, uh, not very sensitive of a sensor and things like that. Now we can all agree that in recent times certain manufacturers have put half-decent cameras on their phones. Sony Ericsson have done that with the K800 and K810 and Nokia have done that even, you know, with the Nokia N95 for example, the 5 megapixel camera, but you know, with a real flash on it. This camera that was in this phone is, uh, is the specs are that it's only a 2 megapixel camera and I thought this really is old technology, but yeah, that wasn't a deal killer for me. I'm not concerned about that. That's not why I was buying this phone. And, but I thought, I've got to give it a try. You know, I've got to, got to give it a try. I couldn't believe how sensitive it was. You know, without any flash, it's got no uh, external lighting facility at all. Not, you know, not even a little LED. And, what looks like a tiny sensor on the on the camera? I couldn't believe how sensitive it was. I took photographs uh, indoors. You know, been messing about. with My little kids have been messing about with it, and I've had, uh, been messing about in work with it in the office. No, yeah. oh, excuse me. Granted, the office was 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 well lit, but I couldn't believe the detail it got and the colour. It uh, was absolutely. It was. It was really really good for for what is a really low spec. In, you know, in in you know on paper is a really low spec camera so it just goes to show that i think the sensor that's in there is an half decent sensor that that is quite sensitive and as a consequence it's not it's struggling really low light conditions yes definitely but under you know i mean i was in our office underneath you know normal fluorescent lighting i couldn't believe how good it was so i was really really surprised I was pleasantly surprised by that so I, I do believe that whereas I thought when I was buying the phone I thought no I ruled the, the camera out I'd never use it it's not going to be a, no I think we will You definitely will use it for those odd little snaps uh, you know for a bit of fun and things uh, so no I was okay it doesn't do video and but no it's not something I, I was concerned about like I said the camera for me wasn't a big thing though I was uh, you know after this device And people will always say that there's, you know, there's room for improvement, and there will be. This is version 1.0, isn't it? And uh, so it could potentially be an item of the, you know, a a part of the spec that gets improved in future uh, models. But I was pleasantly impressed with it, I'll tell you. And, you know, like I said, I'm into photography. Uh, And I I was, I thought, for a mobile phone, I've had a two megapixel camera on my Sony Ericsson phone, and it was nowhere near like this. And that was using an external light as well so now the camera is it's usable and so definitely
0: just moving away from the phone itself have you had a chance to look at any accessories yet headphones or cases or anything
1: like that (laughs) as i said earlier i've gone running out of the shop and uh you've seen the big smile on my face but yeah i completely forgot to check out what accessories were available i did you know have the plan on uh, investing in some suitable accessories and of course in the in accessories i was considering of was was a decent case for it and i was concerned about you know obviously protecting it and i haven't yet purchased that because i've read lots of reports about people are so impressed with the quality of the construction and the build of it and the materials that are used then you know caring for it I have the opinion that as long as I'm holding it in my hand and as long as it goes in a pocket when there's nothing else in that pocket, then I'll, it's made it's, I mean, I've never had a mobile device, like a phone or anything. I've never had a phone that's got a, a real glass front. It's real glass, you know, so certainly not going to get scratched as easy as, a pe- as the plastic that's on most phones. And uh, the brushed, uh, anodized back, uh, anodized metal on the back... Again, it doesn't seem nowhere near as scratch susceptible as what me say, for example, the very polished metal back that's on my uh, traditional 30 gig uh, or my fifth gen iPod. And so I've been since, you know, for 10 days now, I've been carrying it round naked. No case. And, you know, and, and one of the things I was wary about with the case was, I think you've possibly all experienced it with mobile phone cases, is some of these mobile phone cases, are, they're so tight around the phone that if you do, by chance, get any dirt on grit in between the case and the phone, it does more damage than good. It does more damage than if you didn't have the case on it at all in terms of, like, you know, rubbing against it, you know. And so I didn't want to... It, I mean, I've had a phone in the past, you know, okay, it was plastic, but it's ended up so badly scratched because of... Mess getting in between the case and the phone, anyway. You, you, I was practically wrapping it in sandpaper. <laughs> but, uh, that was when I used to work externally, like, you know, as an engineer. Uh, possibly, you know, I was out outdoors all the time. But no, so I've, it's still in absolute pristine condition at the moment. Yes, admittedly, I'm dead careful with it. <laughs> you, you would hope I would be.
0: You would be at that Yeah, price.
1: you would be, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I mean, it's like, it's, you've seen me MacBook, for example. And I think, well, you're the same. Uh, you, you pay a lot of money for these products don't you and you you take care of them it, it you know it's it's natural uh you know so you i certainly you know appreciate it. it's certainly uh valuable and uh i'm gonna take care of it so I've not purchased a case yet, but the thing that i definitely i'm gonna to have to purchase is some earphones and i cause I've always had the problem with uh apple earphones in the respect that they're just my ears i must have some strange deformity that I'm, I must be the only people the only person that these earphones won't fit in it, it's funny how they manage to design these earphones as like a universal thing well I'm obviously not from this universe because they never fit in my ears I've got one on my left ear it'll just keeps falling out and the other one it won't go in so <laughs> I've got two, two odd ears completely uh, so what I've what successful earphones I've used before you know uh, with me other maybe me iPod for example has been the the little time of uh earphones like some senizers that I've had with the uh c x three hundreds, with the the silicon buds and you kind of put more like in a canal ones rather than mere buds, but with those little silicon ones, you can get the different size buds uh and yeah I've tested the quality of me uh of my little senizers on them and that's fine they 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 work okay of course I had to buy the adapter, which I bought that from a local o two store uh the adapter so you can plug a normal. Headphone. Apple have been quite criticised about the design of the phone in terms of just the, the headphone adapter, the headphone socket. It's the standard 3.5mm jack, and yet it's so terribly recessed. And the only way... I can't understand why it's so recessed. I really, really can't. One thing is, when you see that how recessed it is, you get to see how thick the, how the metal casing is on the back. So you think, well, OK, it's made well. It's thick metal. But it's, re, it's recessed really down. So you've got to... No one seems to be able to find any standard earphones that will fit in there anyway. So from the Oracle 02 store, I spent £8 buying a a little adapter from Belkin to uh, allow me to plug my normal earphones in. It's it's messy. It's ugly. And it's not what I want. And there is a beauty of using the genuine Apple earphones is the fact that they've got the little microphone clicker in their lead. Now, on the right-hand ear cord, there's a, a little white chunk is a really nice design it's dead tiny in it you know there's hardly anything of it but that's a little microphone and it's a a clicking button as well so if you're uh, if you are able to put the proper earphone uh, Apple earphones in your ear you can use these uh, microphone clickers so you get a call coming in you click the button once to answer the call which I'll automatically pause your your music and you, you take your call and then when your car finishes, your, your music will automatically carry on from where it left off. But while you're listening to your music, the button itself has still got other functionality. So you can you click it once to pause the music, and you can double-click it to skip onto the next track. And it, how great is that? You know, just from this little tiny button that's, uh, you know, in the earphone lead. So, of course, trying to find some earphones that, um, that have got the sim- same functionality, so, you know, from a third party. And... The I have managed to find one, and uh, made by a company called V Moda. It's V hyphen Moda M O D A, and Apple have started telling them. So I'm going to have to uh, put them on my Christmas list. To be honest with you, Uh, it's been that time of year. Uh, So they're seventy pounds, and I've been reading on the uh, on the internet. They've got pretty decent reviews. And they they're the only ones I've found that have got these silicon type earbuds, you know, that, that I need, you know, to give me different size of buds that come with them, so you can get the ones, because 'cause I've got odd, odd ears. Uh but they're the ones that they've got a microphone clicker button in the card. So you can have the same functionality for pausing your music and skipping and things. And, you know, obviously got the microphone there, so I definitely need to get them. So that's the that's the only accessory that I'm drastically need to get. Uh
0: Okay. One final question: uh, You've talked all about the functionality of the phone. Have you looked at any of the web apps yet?
1: Web applications. Uh, there's, uh, as we know, Apple have finally announced that third-party develop uh, third-party developers are going to be given an SDK in February time or thereabouts. So, we'll it'd be nice to see what comes out of that. But up to now, all Apple have allowed people to do is develop apps via the Safari browser, which we all know that Safari browser on the on the iPhone is the most most complete version of the internet you've ever seen on the mobile device. It's fantastic to use. Uh, so, yeah, there are some web apps out there that have uh, been useful. Now, Apple have put a directory of them, a, a, a useful listing of them for you to browse through, which is uh, apple.com forward slash web apps. And with that uh, listing there, there's all sorts on there. And to be honest with you, a lot of it is... There's lots of games and things like you know, Sudokus and Tetrises and things like that. There's even an old Simon game, you know, the old classic Simon game, you know, copy it. I remember But that. uh, That's not what I was looking for, to be honest with you. What I was looking for was for some useful things, some useful functions. And I've, the only one that's, uh, that they immediately struck me as uh, useful was uh, when you're travelling about, is there, there's a, a really uh, useful traffic uh, alert one for... Uh, one in your tra- uh, traffic news, and it that seems to work great. Uh, I was I was dead impressed with that. How fast it was, even working over uh, over the you know GSM rather than working over Wi-Fi. Uh, so the traffic news uh functionality. So that's I'll, I'll put uh, links in the show notes. And but the uh, there's a traffic news one that's really good. And there's also uh an IM i was everyone's complained that of course this was so locked down that you can't use any internet messaging on it and things it doesn't come with that kind of tool installed but we found as, uh and it's not listed on apple's web app someone else pointed me to it uh it's from bjive.com and bjive.com forward slash iphone they've done their uh they do one for blackberry i believe but uh, they've done one for the iphone now where you can put your a web Integration of your chat clients, i.e., iChat, uh, uh, which obviously is uh, for AOL Instant Messenger for the AIM clients. You can uh, use MSN, uh, your MSN Messenger on it, uh, and you know and anything that's active with Jabber and Yahoo uh, chat as well. So I've activated uh, or I've bookmarked that uh, URL. I go to the URL and it's saved my details now and. I log in with both my iChat and my MSN Messenger both at the same time, uh, and it, the implementation of it works great. You know, in terms of text chatting, uh, and it's that's so that's a great little uh, feature that somebody's uh, put out there, which uh, Apple have not initially you know put on the web apps directory. Maybe the kind of they don't want to go that way. You know, with the mobile phone carrier as well, uh, giving people more opportunity to use. Uh, other methods of communication rather than cell phone calls. But uh, no, so that's, that's there certainly is. And, and what I've noticed is in the, the web apps directory has been more and more stuff being added to it. Uh, in the last few days, I've noticed there was a new one, for example, which I have bookmarked as well there uh, for BBC podcasting. Uh, there's lots of really good podcasts now coming out of the BBC. They're promoting podcasting in a big way. And whereas. A slight disappointment with the iTunes Wi Fi store is you can't get on to get your you know, your latest podcast that you want. Uh which is a slightly disappointing. They're only using that really as an input a way of purchasing you know, Apple getting you to purchase more things, which let's be honest, Apple are brilliant at that. Uh but no, so there's uh BBC there's a through the web apps directory I found it now that you can BBC dot uk forward slash podcasting the uh you can get in access to all the bbc podcasts which is useful. So you can uh, use that. So there's more stuff being added to that all the time, uh, but no, I think applications-wise, we can't wait for f- you know February. On that side, jailbreak. I mean, somebody, uh, our, our friend Gazmaz has mentioned on the foot uh, on our blog that uh, you know asked me if I jailbroke it yet. I no, I've, I've no intentions of jailbreaking this. <laughs>
0: no, I don't think you should.
1: This has cost me too much money. If if I had a spare one, yeah, maybe, but uh, not like that's not likely to happen. So no.
0: Okay, well, on that note, uh, thanks, Mike, for that very comprehensive review of the iPhone. Uh, how are other iPhone users getting on? And what about you, wannabe users? Maybe you're all waiting for G3, or maybe even just a price cut. So why not write in and tell us? The email address, as usual, is macbytesuk at gmail dot com. We've had a couple of cool tips sent in by our listeners. The first is from Rob Marshall, and it's about something that Elaine talked about in the last show.
2: Yes, I was getting very excited in the last show about um, if you have multiple images and you select them and then right click to open them, it opens them up in preview in a single window rather than four or five, however many images you've got different windows Uh, and i said i'd like them to have taken it a step further and be able to save the multiple images as a pdf but when i tried it you couldn't do it and rob's given us a tip that if you turn on the sidebar in preview and you select all the images that you want to be included in your pdf that you can indeed create a pdf in that way just by saving them so the, the trick is to select them first in the sidebar and I've tried that it's very cool he said the only potential problem is that it upsizes all the images I think to the largest size image but for me it would probably be scanned pages and that wouldn't really make much of a difference so I thought that was a really cool tip so thanks for that Rob.
0: That is a really cool tip and that's something I'll definitely be trying and uh, after our eulogizing in our leopard special about how we were enjoying using spaces Elaine's got news of uh, another tip.
2: Yes, we had a tip on the blog left by Tomo who suggested that um, to make spaces even more useful, if you reprogrammed your scroll ball on your Mighty Mouse, so the actual scroll ball, um, you, you can go into your system preferences, choose keyboard and mouse and set the scroll ball to spaces, then you can navigate your spaces with your scroll ball. So you can click it and it'll bring up the four or five or however many virtual desktops you've got. And from there, you can navigate with it just by clicking the scroll ball. If you do need dashboard, which is the default that's assigned to the scroll ball, you can always um, assign that to the right and left buttons just at the side of the mouse. Now, when I first got um, a Mac, I found the side buttons very difficult to work with because I was picking the mouse up as I was moving it around and I kept clicking these buttons. So I thought, oh, spaces or dashboard on the scroll ball, I'd have to choose because I couldn't use these side buttons but I found that when I tried it I thought well I'll try putting dashboard on them and see if I've still got the same problem and I must be completely Mac eyes now because I'm not having a problem with it at all and it does indeed make working with spaces even better so a fantastic tip there Tomo I, I did it straight away and I've stuck with it so another one for you to try Mike yeah thank you for that Tomo I'll be trying
0: that I think that might get a, a bit of uh, used to getting might take a little bit of uh, getting used to um, because I'm so used to using the scroll ball to bring up the dashboard. But uh, yeah, nevertheless, a brilliant tip that. Well, that's about it for this episode of MacBytes. As usual, we'd love to have your comments. You can email them to MacBytesuk at gmail.com or you can just leave a, a comment on the website, macbytes.co.uk. And we'll be back with another exciting show next week. So with that, it's goodbye and see you next time.
2: Goodbye.
1: Bye-bye, everyone.